Hey, what's going on, Clipper people? It is me, William, the Opinion Updike. And believe it or not, I'm still pretty positive, Chuck Mockler. And we're your friendly neighborhood <laughs> Clippers podcast. Just a couple of best friends and Clipper credential media folks who bring you locked on Clippers every time the Clippers play the Timberwolves, which seems to be a lot. I think we have actually so far this season. Um, but Monday through Friday, 7 a.m., make us your first listen. Kill some windshield timers, our buddy Aiden would say. And let's dive into what was just not a very fun game of basketball to watch. Yes, we have a recap <laughs> for you of what was a very much air quotes game played between the Clippers and the Timberwolves. We'll talk about what we liked from that one. Look, there were some things like even through some of these like sort of up and down losing streaks. There have been individual pieces for the Clippers who have kind of been putting things together. And it's just... It, it has yet to all coalesce really at the same time. It did versus the uh, Nets. Outside of the Nets. Game. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so th- we, w- we will have some things to like in that one as well as what we didn't like. Uh, big thing just really on the turnovers. Uh, <laughs> so we're going to talk about that. And then it's Twitter Tuesday. Uh, every single Monday we ask for your questions on Twitter. That's at Locked On Clips. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much to everybody who sent those in ahead of time. We're going to be talking about sort of like how health and safety protocols has affected the, the product of the oh, NBA man. as a whole. Uh, we'll talk about, you know, Eric Blitzo and what his role looks like when yeah. Paul George returns, as well as all other, uh, a bunch of other great questions. So can't wait to get into that. And then in shavings, which is kind of where we wrap up everything else, we're going to talk a little bit more about the heart in- injury, which Oof. we haven't talked about Isaiah Hartenstein or that ankle in, in kind of a while. Yeah. So we're, we're going to talk about that. Um, and we're, we'll talk more about the implications for, you know, some of these NBA games kind of being a G League team versus like Absolutely. one star from another team and a G League team. So, uh, yeah, all that and more coming up right about now. You are locked on Clippers, your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, so the Clippers uh, lost to the Timberwolves at Staples, 122 to 104. Could have been a lot worse yeah. than 18 points. At times it was. At times it very much was. Um, look, what we liked about this one, hey, Xavier Moon, it was the last day of his last game that he was going to be able to play on his 10-day contract. Um, he showed some fire off the bench, which was cool. 13 points, uh, four boards, four assists, four steals. Almost had a four-for-four four deal right there, which is nice. Do we think we re-sign Xavier Moon to another I, hardship? I think so. I, I, I think that uh, it, I think that it makes sense. And given that we don't know timelines, which we'll be talking about more later in the episode, but yeah. given that we don't know timelines for several players now, yes. um, I think that it makes sense. Look, uh, this has been you know an up and down time. It's at times a difficult to watch period of, of Clippers basketball. Sure. But uh, Xavier Moon is striking me as a guy who knows where to be on the floor. He defended like two fast breaks like at the rim super well in this game. He's the smallest guy on the floor. He's like challenging guys at the rim. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think that that is the type of tenacity and like really the type of player that you need to get you through some of these lulls that a hundred percent i mean come with any nba season when you reach when you're reaching about this halfway point you know you're a few weeks out from the all-star break yeah. and it, it, the product always sort of gets you're a in a little hellish bit, schedule yes yeah it, it always starts to get a little bit bad but especially with all the absences um a, a player who who can bring that to this team i think is is valuable absolutely um Another thing that we liked, kind of Serge Ibaka's best offensive game so it far was, this season. It was 100% his best offensive game, and it just so happened to coincide with 
probably his worst defensive game of the year. But we're talking about the offense right now. Yes. Yeah, he did finish with 17-4-1. I mean, he could not have possibly been any more efficient. He yeah. was 100% from the floor, 100% from three, like 100% from the like line. That. Yeah. Nothing, uh, nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I got to be honest, <laughs> That though, side of the ball. Did this feel a little condescending to you? It kind of did. Like, <laughs> this was wasted. He yeah. didn't play anything close to like NBA level defense. Patrick Beverly, who killed us, uh, so did Anthony Edwards, but Patrick Beverly especially, um, because why not? Challenge Surge at he went directly at Surge for a layup, mm-hmm. hit the layup, met no resistance, and then called Surge a baby. He's, where's the lie? I mean, it's it's just frustrating. Surge doesn't really look interested in playing a lot of defense right now there's probably some concerns about how his back is going to hold up which i totally get from his side like this this just relationship we talked on the last spot it just sucks to see what this has become because yeah. if you watch this game Serge is trying to score which is great but i mean nasri like it's di- it's difficult because i mean you bring up the back thing and and i do think some of it definitely like i don't want to go on out on a, any sort of limb and just say that the guy is fully disengaged i'm sure some of it has to do with like returning confidence in your body after coming back from an injury like that uh especially in the back man like just such a terrible place to oh, have had an yeah, injury oh yeah for sure um, and it was mismanaged yeah but just i mean just his level of engagement uh it's not really there right now it's yeah it's and you can tell from this game, if on the offensive end, he's a completely different guy. And that's not even his calling card. Yeah. Like, his defense is part of his whole thing, or should be, if we want it. Because we talked about, like, what does he look like in the playoffs for the Clippers? Yeah. Well, if he doesn't, I mean, like, we have half a coaching staff out and nine guys out, and there's still games where, like, we'll just put Justice at the five. Yeah. <laughs> well, and the thing is, too, is that this was kind of Sergi's opportunity. And I, I get that... Offensively, he nailed it on this game. <laughs> yeah, and and I get that. Like, it, it's asking a lot of him, probably too much too soon, to go from you know Hart is down, him getting a little bit of a chance to regain mm-hmm. some of his minutes, to now Zoo is out. Yeah, and and he's a now starter. you're starting. And yeah, I, like so, I can understand from his standpoint. Like, that's not an easy position to be in. Sure. Um, yeah, that's fair. But I. I don't know. This this just like, looks worse when you lose by eighteen to the Timberwolves. <laughs> absolutely. As, so what else did we like from this one? Okay, your guy. Yeah. So James Ennis, like this, kind of just started out as like a joke. Although I did, I mean, I I, was I don't know ex- if it started out as a joke. I was ex- <laughs> I I was I have been excited about the signing. I just feel like for what the Clippers need, uh, sort of in wing depth, absolutely he is a good fit. Um, and I mean, like, look, he shot hundred percent from the floor tonight. He had ten points. Like. This this breaches into what we didn't like. Why didn't he play more? Yeah. He played only the entirety of the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. That's it. And he played great. He was four for four in the fourth. Ten points. He's a better option than Keon Johnson right now. By oh, a mile. Yeah, for sure. So it's like, why is he just... Probably better than Winslow. Probably. But why was he... the road, It was just goofy. Like, why... We're going to... Oh, we have such a short roster. We got nine guys out yeah let's shorten the rotation yeah I, i'm with you there and i do think that part of that i mean you know we're also missing a head coach Missing half our coaching staff. yeah i don't put blame on brian shaw it's, it's yeah. just a weird decision i guess yeah no absolutely um but i would say that you know ennis was overall a, a bright point absolutely in that, you know he's I, he seems ready to contribute he can at play NBA, NBA, NBA basketball yeah. yeah um i mean what we didn't like turnovers turnovers and just a- everything about this was ugly 
the weirdest thing about this game was that so the Clippers had 20 turnovers, right? If you watched this game, it felt like the Clippers had about 40 turnovers and the Timberwolves turned the ball over only three fewer times than the Clippers did. So like, it's not like we got blown out in this turnover battle. Yeah. They were just egregious early. Um, and the scoring discrepancy, I'm sure, between their yes. turnovers versus ours was absolutely uh, also um, pronounced. The, the Wolves also started shooting well, which killed us. I mean, they shot 35% from three, but on the fourth, they really crushed it. Um, it just like, there was just disengagement. Like, the turnovers were bad. It yeah. just, ugh. Like, it was gross to watch at some point. It definitely was. And this, like, man, we just did not get good performances really from... Anybody. Any starter. Yeah. Uh, what you need in a game like this when we're missing so many guys, you need guys like Terrence, Mook, Reggie, and Bled to be like, all right. They just they just need to play better in games like this. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, Terrence had the worst plus minus on the team, I'm pretty sure. Looked good early. Uh, yeah, he did. Uh, Bledsoe, the turnovers you, you mentioned, I mean, only scored a single point. Six turnovers from Bled. Uh, it's just not a lot going on there. And... He was at times, you know, like he was at times driving in the paint, trying to dish the ball out. Uh, but it was just He's like dishing out to like Keon and Justice, where it's like you're probably going to miss the shot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then Morris sucks. was just one of four from three. He lost his streak of twenty plus bad on games. defense too. Uh, Not yeah. engaged on the defensive end. Reggie, oh, just oh man, brutal. Uh, I mean. Just two of nine, one of five from three. Like when you're starting backcourt combines for what nine five six and nine turnovers yeah things aren't going well um bev set a career high in assists good for him good for patrick beverly so the clippers actually had a little mini run going we were down only 13 yeah and then bev came back in and they went on like a 23 to 5 run yeah or something like that um i don't know how like we just lost everything everything in this game it was just bad but we don't do this segment all the time, but for a game like this, it's important. Yeah. How are we feeling? How are we... Re- Look, the loss sucks, but tangibly, how do you feel about that loss? Down nine guys, down half a coaching staff. They had to fly back from Brooklyn after exerting all of their energy to beat the Nets, which was a fun time. Um, something like this was kind of bound to... Ha- I don't know. This is a goofy season. It's a goofy season. You're, you're right. Something like this is kind of bound to happen. Look, for me, like this game doesn't really change anything how I feel about the Clippers necessarily long term. Absolutely. Uh, however, I mean, like, it's a little disappointing just to see the lack of effort from some of your other That's rotation the biggest guys. Thing. That's the biggest and, takeaway, I think. And yes, like Terrence Mann, uh, you know, even Bledsoe to a certain extent, a, a lot of these guys aren't going to be asked to do as much as they're being asked to do right now. Sure. Um, yeah. And I understand that, but it's still, yeah, just a little disappointing to kind of see, I guess, just that level of effort. It was just the ugliest way you could lose a game. Yeah. That's yeah. how it was. And it just happened to be with three hardship guys missing everybody. Like, yeah, it sucks. But hey, you know what we do? What? We move. Okay. That's all we can do. Um, coming up, we're going to be answering your fantastic questions on Twitter Tuesday. But first, we got to give a shout out to Truebill. Will, do you know why free trials renew without your consent? No, why? It's actually a business game out to get you. Oh, no. Not fun fact. Don't let greedy corporations pocket your money. Download Truebill to take control of your subs like they should be controlled. Truebill is a new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need, want, or simply forgot about. 
On average, people save up to 720 bucks a year with Truebill. Hard trick on a skateboard. Nice amount of money to save. Because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel, Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. Don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Go right now. Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. It could save you thousands a year. Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Okay, so we're back with Twitter Tuesday. I want to thank everybody who sent in those questions ahead of time. If you'd ever like a chance to get your question featured on this show, go mm-hmm. ahead and shoot that over to at LockedOnClips on Twitter. Yep. We usually ask for these questions on Monday, but we're more than willing to chop it up with you anytime during sure. the week. So Chuck, lead us in. What, what, what are the questions? What do people want to know? Let's get into it. Uh, our boy Stu Quinn. Hey, Stu Quinn. Shout out Stu Quinn. That, that, that Hope old, that bad ends up coming going, through. Okay. Um, he said, do you guys think the way the NBA decided to handle COVID absences, sign more guys and play with who you have, um, I think it would have been better if a team is down to seven, eight players active. The game is rescheduled the end of the year and playoffs push back a bit. Couldn't agree more, Stu. Yeah. So, I mean, like, look, this is a little bit of a double edged sword because on one hand, I do really like that you get to see guys get a shot. And I think that yes, your moons. the, the apathy, like I talked about it in the last segment, but like there is an apathy that happens league wide. Towards going like, through the motions. To, yeah, through like January, like as, like mid to end January. Just like everyone in the world, you're not trying to work at the end of the year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I, you know, it's nice to see guys who, who have something to play for out there, uh, you know, doing their best. But I, I'm with you. Like, I, I think at a certain point, you know, if you have seven of your rostered players remaining, uh, or fewer, it's just kind of like, how... A part of me just feels like a little bit like if you're a team that's that's actually fighting for a playoff spot. Yeah. How in good faith can we really count those wins towards your record? Right. And like, it, doesn't it that seem a little bit messed too. up? Like you look at the Hawks and stuff like that, and you're just like, you guys have had so many guys out for so long. Clippers had good luck last year with this. Yeah. And just horrible luck. I don't even know if it's horrible luck. It's just how COVID is. Um. And the product just suffers. Like the, it does. The yeah. Product and, just and the, the overall. Pro, I'm not talking like all oh, the Clippers are getting you know screwed over here. The whole thing is not enjoyable. It doesn't bring in neutral fans. No, the, like, I, I think it definitely turns you off if you're a neutral fan. Like I, I someone's first NBA game they watched might have been this Minnesota Clippers game tonight, and they will never watch another NBA game again. <laughs> well, and I mean, I'm also curious. Like if you're. If you're listening to the show and you're a season ticket holder, like, what? Oh, yeah. How, how do you feel about this? Like, how do you feel that, like, super good? Call, get like, at us at Locked On Clips. We'd like, we'd love to know if you, even if you buy like ticket packages or whatever, like, yeah. What, what are your thoughts on this? That, like, you, you know, you paid to see what you thought you were going to see. And, and obviously, prices went up. Remember, the, yeah. prices went up. And, and obviously, there's no accounting for injuries, but still, it, it just seems like the situation that. I don't know. I, I don't know if it's the best way to handle it. It's no good. Chenny John uh, asked, also shout out Chenny John, uh, which one, if any, of the health and safety 10-day fill-ins should the Clippers uh, have around longer than 10 days and why? Well, I think we know one of those answers. Xavier Moon? And James Ennis. Yeah, Xavier Moon and James Ennis seem like the clear kind of standouts. Look, both of these guys, relatively limited sample size. Xavier Moon has sure. you know, seen, more, seen more time. He's been with the team a little bit more. Um but James Ennis is an NBA player in a season where, you know, they're kind of at a premium. Uh, so <laughs> Yes, very much so. Uh, having an actual NBA vet, I, I do think makes sense. 
Um, but like I said, you know, it's been, it has been limited sample size so far. But given the way things are going, and uh, it's a, forgive me for going off topic here for a second, but like it seems like Reggie is not 100% right. No, I also have a sneaking suspicion Bled is not feeling 100% either. Like, he was, yeah, he was feeling sick, and this was before, yeah, before like, Zoo entered health and safety protocols. So yeah. who, who knows about that? Like, I, I don't know if these absences are going to continue piling up. Like, I think that both of these guys sort of make sense. I think that, you know, Xavier Moon has his clear deficiencies physically yeah. uh, as a player. He's, Tiny man and giant shorts. Smaller guy. <laughs> Um, but I think we've seen enough to, I mean, like, what are the other options, I guess? Exactly. At this point. A hundred percent. Because Amir's still on that damn two-way, yeah. which is, like, brutal. I know. We're going to be limited on the games. I, I think they might have extended it for, for this season. Right. Um, yeah. the Because normally you're limited in the amount of NBA appearances you can have. Sure. Um, no, I hope it's those two guys, too. And I hopefully, when the day you're listening to this, the news drops that we sign um xavier do another 10 day um the lob the jam the podcast asked so we got a bunch of questions about bledsoe and reggie yeah um we gave this one to shout out to the lob the jam the podcast go listen to it they said how many minutes do you think eric bledsoe should get when pg eventually returns and why so so this also isn't insinuating that maybe he's starting in this scenario because like yeti moose also asked if bledsoe's re-earned a starting spot and I actually think this goes, if Reggie Jackson's in catch-and-shoot mode, then yes. But if he's not, it really mucks things up, and you don't really know when that's going to be there. It's interesting, because my like my answer was going to be the same in that it kind of depends on Reggie, right? Yeah. Um, because if you're not getting efficient Reggie, look, I, I'm of the opinion that even if Bledsoe is not scoring, he has a little bit more to offer on the floor. Um, yeah, than defensively, a Reggie, than a Reggie sure. Jackson who who isn't scoring. Um, so uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know, and I, and I do think that we didn't get to see Bledsoe with the starters. Um, you know, with enough lineups that like really supported what he does. What he does, sure. Um, you know, it was definitely difficult. Him and Reggie trying to trade off starting early in the season. It yeah, was trying rough. to s- trade off starting guard duties. Um, so you have that and then, uh, you know, a center on the floor, you know, you didn't have Morris, uh, or, or you didn't have Batum. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it, you know, it, I think that like that early sample size, maybe some of it should be thrown out. Um, yeah. I think, I think the only clear takeaway that we got from Bledsoe in the starting lineup to start the season is that he and Reggie don't work as well together as we thought they would on paper. Yes. Um, so, so do we think like, because I mean, you look at these last couple of games, 22 minutes versus Minnesota, 30 versus Brooklyn, 17 versus Toronto, 32 versus Boston, 28 against Brooklyn, again, 37 versus Denver. He's somewhere between that 32 and like 26 he, range for me. He's averaging 27 minutes per game on the season. Fine with that. I, I think that that sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, like, to, like 27, 28 minutes, that, that to me sounds about right. Yeah, and it's also like when PG returns, Hopefully, we'll also have Batum and Hart and like all these well, other pieces the, back. That's the other thing too. I mean, we we bring up Reggie immediately because you know we know like sort of what the implications are for those two backward pieces. But it definitely, you know, it definitely you want to surround Bledsoe with talent that can support what it is that he does. And yeah, that means gotta that, maximize you know, the skill. Yeah, you got to maximize the skill. You need space in the paint for him to operate. Um, I did think that there were times where he and the Zubats were kind of figuring it out. So. 
That's right. I think it, it gets helped if you have more confident shooters around them. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, we'll see. But yeah, I, I'd say long answer short, uh, probably probably around 27, 28. Right, what is that? Yeah. Um, final question. Dominic Coles wants to know, with the team mostly hurt and this season is not looking good at us being fully healthy, do you think we move expiring contracts so we don't end the season with assets that walk away for nothing, especially knowing we can't bring everyone back? That is an interesting proposition. There's just not a lot of expiring contracts. It's Hartenstein, it's Amir, Surge. and Surge. Yeah. And like that's kind of it in terms of non-hardships of Surge. That man is not justice. coming back. Sure, justice. Um, Surge is not coming back to this team. Yeah. I don't think. <laughs> don't and at here. this point, I don't even know if that's an asset walking away. But very I, good call. If, yeah, because like Hartenstein is he just he makes like like $45 or whatever. So we can't really trade him. I mean, it has to be part of a package. Yeah. And like from the expirings that we really Surgeon have. Heart, the perfect package. <laughs> I was going to say, like, from the expirings that we, like, we we really have this season, um, you're still in a territory where, like, you have to be adding an asset. Yes. Um, if, to get anything, like, to get anything of actual substantial return. And then my other thing is just kind of, like, with how availability has gone. This isn't just for the Clippers. I think this is going to be league-wide. Mm -hmm. I, I just think more and more teams are going to feel the value of bodies maybe over top-tier talent. I mean, the Clippers already did. That's why they traded or, for Bled. Or even, like, fringe talent, you know. Uh, so I think there's going to be a lot... I just think that this at this trade deadline overall, you're going to see a lot less of teams willing to ship out like three guys to return one player. Yeah, I mean, unless you're trading for Russell Westbrook. Um, <laughs> shout out Dominic Coles. Um, thank you to everyone who listens to the show, by the way. It's lean times right now, but for the Clippers, we'll get through it. Coming up, we're going to be talking kind of the level of concern with Hartenstein's injury. Um, and then, you know, the Clippers, ops-wise, a little rough right now. All right, so we're back with shavings, which is just kind of where we wrap up everything else. Mm -hmm. um, look, the update on Hartenstein's injury is that there is no update. And this kind of begs the question, you know, how concerned are we? We know this training staff's history. Uh, it is Goddamn. not exactly on the up and up. <laughs> sure. Um, we've had, you know, every season now we have an injury where it starts out as a blur or a soreness or a whatever, a strain. Yeah, did I mean. Uh, and then that player does not play again. <laughs> yes. Um, I So I don't know what specific play he hurt his ankle on. I don't think there was a specific one. Did anyone like clip? Like, I don't no, know. There, there was where he lands and it's like weird. I, I, I don't remember exactly what game it is. It, I'll find it. I'll make, up a, um, I'll make a note to go look it up though. I believe that it exists. Because he does have a hurt ankle. Um, I'm super concerned, man. Like, we need guys right now. Hartenstein actually wants to try and play on both sides of the ball. Yeah. Center, which we have Zubat. Not very good that. defensively, but. But he tries. Um, and he's obviously, we know what he does on the other side of the ball. He's, yeah. He maximizes so much of what this Clippers offense can do with his passing. Like, Ty Lue's really figured out how to utilize him, which has been fantastic. Um, He's also a nice finisher. Yes. I'm not saying he's like a, maybe a starting level center yet for a contending team, um, but he's a real nice piece to have in the regular season off the bench. Absolutely. We don't know what it looks like in the playoffs. Lot, that remains to be seen. Hopefully we'll find out this season. We should, but 
The I'm, paint defense has been so poor for the Clippers. Abysmal. So poor for the Clippers. Um, and, you know, even even not someone, you know, in Hartenstein who's a great defender, but at least a body in yes. that area. And that effort. Is, that is the size of a center, I, yes. I, I think. Um, and I'm only I, saying I effort because of the surge thing. I'm not saying like that's it, but just like there's a clear disconnect. I mean, the Clippers also. No, effort is important. Even if you're not a good defender, I mean, like you can live with that. You can make up for it a bit by just being engaged. Yeah. Um, and look, teams rebound at kind of an absurd rate when Hartenstein is on the floor, which is an issue, but we're just talking the ankle injury now. That was a bit of a tangent. That's my bad. Um, I'm concerned. There's no timeline for this return from a sprained ankle? None? This isn't a complicated, theoretically, if it is just a sprained ankle, because you also can never, for well, those of you and, who don't know. And have we gotten the clarification either if it is like a high ankle none. sprain or, a, you know, because like I know that that's Absolutely a different, none. that's a different yeah. uh That takes you out in the NFL. Oh, um, yeah. For those of you who aren't aware, the Clippers injury report is disjointed. Chaotic, yeah. I would say. Yeah, Luke wasn't mentioned on there, even though they did he's three out. Three revisions yeah. of the last injury report, and they're always coy. Like Serge was out for personal reasons, but it was because he was very much a close contact. We think someone who tested positive or he like it's just goofy. So I'd put my level of concern, especially because we're not going to have Hartenstein back next year, probably. Yeah, that makes my level of concern one to higher. ten. One to ten, seven. Seven. I think seven that and a half. I think that that's apt. Uh, yeah, with no timeline. Man, the no timeline is what gets me. I'm like, just, we can't get a week. We can't get like we travel. I mean, to like Phoenix. even if it's even if it's eight weeks, like I would feel that. I like <laughs> give I feel, me a number. <laughs> I would honestly feel better if they were like, he's eight weeks out. I'd be like, all right, whatever. Eight weeks seems like a bad sprain, but okay. <laughs> so here's the thing: he's probably not going to travel with the team for the game on Thursday. Yeah, based on the fact that we have no timeline. Then the Clippers have like a bit of a mini homestand. They have two home games. Uh, Jesus Christ. We play this. We play in Phoenix on the 6th. And we have a back-to-back on the 8th and the 9th. Yeah. At home. Then we play again the 11th and the 3rd. Then we start that every other day thing. I mean, I wouldn't <laughs> expect... We have a little mini three-game home stretch from the 8th to the 11th. If he's not back for that and he doesn't travel with the team for the little trip to New Orleans and San Antonio, he won't be back till the 17th. Which doesn't sound like very much time, but to put it in context, that is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games for the yeah. Clippers. Yeah. What are you at? Seven out of ten? Seven and a half? Uh, yeah, I, th- I think right there at seven. And it was maybe lower uh, a couple days ago, but still... No updates? Still no updates is a little concerning. Yeah. Like, I mean, like... And you, you, and also, like, every Clippers fan... And, like, how how no level of timeline? Is the other thing, too, like, is he on court? Like, is he able to yeah, do practicing? workouts? Like, I, I just don't know. Every Clippers fan, rightfully so, this season especially... Probably when you see someone with like, oh, there's no injury timeline, your mind goes to the worst place because this team the doesn't have the prince. This team doesn't, yeah, this team doesn't have a track record ever of like revitalizing a hurt guy's career or like so and so went to the Clippers and played more games than he's ever played or like, wow, they really diagnosed and maybe this. Gallo there for a little while. I feel like sure. they did a pretty good yeah. job with Gallo. Um, I think some of that was maybe on Gallo too. <laughs> um, Trez wants this is one of my favorite 
No, was it Trez or Sundarius? It was Sundarius. Sundarius was FaceTiming Trez in the locker room a couple seasons back, and he was playing uh, for a G League team. And they were at, they were like, oh, he's like, are you still playing? He's like, oh no, I got that, uh, I got that gallo injury. I just can't play today. So I think, I think part of that, based on that anecdote, was maybe from that. But I don't know. I hope he comes back soon. I hope it's before the seventeenth, which feels like both two months away from now and one day away from now. If that makes sense. Um, another thing that we just kind of want to talk about. Uh, I she- uh, Shelly, uh, dedicated list. Shout out to Shelly. Hope you're having a good 2022. It's only been a couple of days, but I hope it's a good one. She asked um, if they we think the season should be shortened to like 65 games. You charge a bit more for tickets. You can see stars on their prime more. I just I don't think it's gonna happen. Yeah, I like the idea. I I do I do really like the idea. Um, and I I think that that's probably an easier alternative to sort of abridge the season versus like try to reschedule all these massive- games because. The thing is, is like the thing with rescheduling is like you do have 30 stadiums that are not, I mean, like other than what Utah and maybe one other stadium that are not just basketball purpose driven stadiums, right? Like they're multi purpose situations. Um, So that seems like a bit of a nightmare. I I do understand that from a league standpoint to a certain extent. Um, I, I do think that like abridging things based on availability is like, probably better for the overall product absolutely is uh i just but the nba doesn't care about that you look at the clipper schedule this season and yeah. it's a nightmare all these back-to-backs is january schedule they always try and talk about how they're trying to eliminate these back-to-backs and these you know four and fives and five and sevens and it's just not true <laughs> like it's just blatantly like this and is like something... maybe league-wide the average is going down i mean i think overall it is but not by like a huge number no by and like and the thing is is and they mashed a whole nother season they played three seasons i was gonna say and the the thing is is like it's getting more and more inexcusable as like yeah this is now the third season that we've played in two years yeah um and that is i don't know it's just it's just a lot and we're seeing and we're seeing the effects of that and i think the unfortunate thing and i don't want to get too doom and gloom but like this is probably just the beginning of that to be perfectly honest oh like, man and, and not even just the health and safety stuff but like guys with kind of like nagging injuries and and, and stuff I, I just think that i don't know man i it's difficult it's it's difficult to expect a 150 percent increase in workload without, you know what i mean like it's just it's it's a lot yes absolutely um shout out shelly um oh one last note apparently i was trolling around on clippers twitter um, people who ordered city edition stuff in November, uh huh, still waiting on it. Oh wow, supply chain. Okay, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if it's that. Come on, figure it out, Clips. It's not just the Clippers though. I mean, like, wasn't there? What was the deal? Like, there's so much stuff sitting in San Pedro. Sure. Yeah, that's a good call. <laughs> like, I'm blaming the Clips though. Yeah, that's fair. I love everything the Clippers do on the court. Yeah, <laughs> everything when it comes to non-basketball stuff. Look, front office acquisitions, love that. When it comes to everything else, a lot of stuff that's not going well over there. I hope everyone gets their gear soon. Yeah, for that sure. was some great city edition stuff. Um, and it like you talk about a it year. Was. This was a strong city edition year, in, in my opinion. You talk about a year when you want to try and keep fans engaged. Oh, yeah. I'll tell you what, this is the year. You're right. The supply chain, very real thing. Um, 
I blame Zool for that, actually, from Ghostbusters. A lot of people don't know. Zool. He has a yeah. lot to do with that. Zoltan. Um, well, he's a good As guy. Well. Um, <laughs> yeah, Zoltan's like, you're not getting your back in. Um, hope they get it soon. Uh, that about wraps it up for us, I think. Yeah, I think we're going we're, we're firmly getting off the rails. Yeah, let's get out of here. Uh, Wednesday's episode, what you say Wednesday poll over on Locked On Clips at our Twitter. Probably going to be talking center rotations. Who knows? Uh, potential new lineups because we're going to maybe get some more 10-day hardship guys. That'll be a fun time. And of course, whatever else happens between now and then in Clipperland, Will, if someone were to see you on the street and say, tell me where I can listen to the Clippers podcast right now. Where can I listen to our Clippers podcast? Uh, so you can check us out on Apple Podcasts or the podcast app. We're also on Google Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on Stitcher. We're on Deezer. We're on Amazon Music. You can always tell your smart speaker to play Locked On Clippers. It works. It's fabulous. Mm-hmm. Hey, if you haven't done it already, please leave a rating or review for the show. You can do that over on the Apple on Apple Podcasts or the podcast app. You can also now do it on Spotify. It would really help the show out. We'd super appreciate it. Uh, we mentioned up top, we do convention Monday through Friday at 7 a.m. Pacific. We'd love to have you listen. We absolutely would. Let's burn some sage. Get this loss out of our system. We could shock the Suns. Yeah. That's going to be a good time. Uh, I have been positive, Chuck Mockler. And I am William the Opinion Updike. And as always, we appreciate you.